So how do you attract new business so you constantly don't have to chase it? Hi, I'm Mike Cuevas, the Real Estate Marketing Dude, and this podcast is all about building a strong personal brand people have come to know, like, trust, and most importantly, refer. But remember, it is not their job to remember what you do for a living, it's your job to remind them. Let's get started. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Marketing Dude podcast. What we're going to be doing today, folks, since December, what we're talking about all month long is shit we need to be getting into for the following year. And if you've been following the show or following our uh, blog or noticing some of the products we built, not too long ago, we we launched a product called Listing Advocate. Uh, The reason why we launched this product was because um, a lot of real estate agents, Everybody in the world wants a cash offer today. You have iBuyers infiltrating every single offer. And we just created a solution for you to compete back against big tech, assholes like Zillow and all the above. And amongst that, um, one of the hottest tickets and one of the things if you can crack, if you can crack seller lead generation in your business, it is very advantageous because that's what everybody's trying to do. So what we want to do is bring on a guest today who's an expert, and we're going to talk about the pros and cons of different digital marketing. We're going to talk about Facebook, we're going to talk about pace per click, and then we're going to talk about SEO on website. We're going to disguise or call it divide the differences uh, between all of them so that you can get an idea, you know, off of which is right for you. Um, Once everything goes digital, things change. Truth is that 99% of you don't have the skill set to even know what the fuck we're talking about. That's why guys like this exist, because he does a lot of this stuff for you. So we're going to get into it and show you exactly what he's doing um, and see how this rolls. Brandon, say hello to our guest. This is Brandon Bateman, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, thank you for the, for the introduction, Mike. Happy to be here. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about uh, who you are, where you're from, what you do, and then I got a bunch of questions for you. Yeah, let's do it. So my name is Brandon Bateman. I live in Utah, um, good old close to Salt Lake City. Uh, anybody knows that crazy market. Um, I uh, have been basically in the game of generating motivated seller leads for almost four years now, um, a little bit less seriously at first and a little bit more seriously in the past few years or so. Um, and I am proud slash embarrassed to admit that I've spent over 10,000 hours just motiv- generating motivated seller leads myself. Uh, here that makes me an expert, but it also doesn't reflect highly on my work-life balance. So that's, let me just, uh, that's let me just ask you a question. Um, so he's going to share within the next 30 minutes, what he's learned in 10,000 hours, but how much of that 10,000 hours of trial and error cost you? Oh man. I mean, like my life. And then of course, like we've spent, uh, I mean, gosh, our company, like through, through the consulting projects and, and the companies are working with spending their budgets, like literally over a hundred million dollars in advertising spend. So folks, this dude spent over $100 million in digital ads. Pay attention, take notes, because uh, we're going to sort of figure out uh, when you get to that level, you actually really do see what works. What, it's very hard to determine what works when you're not spending a lot of money on ads, especially nowadays. So uh, what we're going to do is dig into that. So uh, what would you like to start with? Because I want to hit all three of these and I want to dumb all of this stuff down. Um, I'd like to start with pay-per-click if you're cool with that. Um, yeah, yeah, of course. Let's talk about it. Um, better yet, what did you start with? What, what did the, I start with? Yeah, what, was your, what was your first? And what do you think is, actually, let's put this to you. What do you think is the easiest channel to start with? If you're starting in the motivated seller, if you had to pick between 
SEO, Facebook ads, or pay-per-click, your top three here, what you're an expert in, which one would you choose? You know, it's going to depend a little bit on the individual situation. I think a blanket <laughs> statement that would apply to the most people would be Facebook ads as a place to start. Cool. Um, so, so to give you a little bit of context in that, maybe we just dip super lightly because I'm sure there's into all three of them because I'm sure there's some people here that don't even understand what these things are, right? So let's uh, at least give like a, a high-level overview. Um, Facebook ads is basically the, the paid advertising side of Facebook. It's where you're actually paying to have your ads show up as sponsored posts on someone's newsfeed. So if you scroll through Facebook or Instagram, you see these random posts pop up with these call to actions. That, that's, basically, that's basically what Facebook ads are. And the, for, for real estate, I'd say for a lot of people, they should start with Facebook ads if they have a small budget. And the reason being a small budget stretches the farthest with Facebook ads. Um, and Facebook is a channel that, that tends to get you a lot of leads for the money that you spend on it in comparison to the other channels. Um, it tends to get you those leads relatively quickly in comparison to say SEO, that just takes a really long time. Pay-per-click will be quick too, but like I said, less leads. Um, Facebook also produces a lower quality lead, um, but the magic of Facebook ads is you'll get some junk leads, but there's good ones in there. And those good ones tend to be your largest deals in your business. We see it over and over again. Our clients, their largest deals come from Facebook ads. Um, so if you have a small budget, Facebook ads is great. The problem is if your budget's bigger, you can end up pushing Facebook ads into an area where you're just getting really diminishing returns with it. And that's where some of these other channels are better. And also from the lead quality standpoint, um, because maybe Facebook ads would have a little bit of a better ROI than PPC with a small budget a lot of the times. With larger budget, PPC might have a better ROI. And in any circumstance, PPC produces a much better quality lead, which means even though your ROI and your money is a little bit lower sometimes, you spend a lot less time chasing down bad conversations. That's the brilliant thing about pay-per-click and SEO. And just so you guys understand why, um, um, well, better yet, why don't you tell them why um, that is? You're, you're reaching people well, intent-based versus non-intent-based, looky-loos. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's what it is. Everything else that you do, it's all people-based. You're looking for people based on their situations and you're trying to target them. There is no channel that you have in your business right now, most likely that's intent-based, meaning you're advertising to people based on the fact that they have intent to sell their house, um, which is just, it completely changes the game because now this is like, if you could put all marketing channels on a scale from outbound to inbound, you'd have like on the far outbound side, like your text cold call in the middle, you have like maybe direct mail, Facebook ads, stuff yeah. like that. TV, maybe like some of these channels where you like, it is still inbound because the person's coming to you, but you went to them first still. And then you go far to the other side, you reach these inbound channels, 100% inbound, like pay-per-click and SEO. Um, and it's just a whole different kind of lead. They close faster. Um, yep. They tend to be more motivated. However, the, this is where people get screwed up on PPC though. It's expensive and highly competitive. So you have to be ready. Like obviously if these people are just searching on Google and looking for ways to sell their house and they're the most motivated leads, which they tend to be, other people want those too. You're not the only person who had that idea. Well, here's so, what, a lot of times uh, you'll pay more. So you're saying you're gonna pay more on PPC, you're gonna get a higher quality lead. Facebook, you're gonna get a bunch of leads. It's gonna feel good. It might stroke your ego a little bit. However, uh, just be pre prepared to work for them. But in exchange, you're spending less money. So it makes sense. Um, what do you, uh, who and how do you target on Facebook nowadays? 
um, when you're targeting these people? Uh, and are you running in being an investor? Are you running in special ad category issues um, with all of that? So uh, let's do one first. Yeah, the basically who we're targeting, it comes down to whoever we believe to be most likely to be a motivated seller. And I know that's like really like fluffy, um, but, but when I answer your second question, <laughs> you'll kind of understand why that's so fluffy. Um, and what you're kind of hinting at here is, I don't even know when the changes happened. It was probably a year and a half ago. Um, there was introduced to Facebook. Basically, Facebook got sued and someone said the fact that for a housing ad, you're showing it to this person who's older, but not this person who's younger, or this person who's a male, but not the female, or the person zip code one, but not zip code two, all that kind of stuff. They said, that's discrimination. And I think anybody listening to this podcast knows that that's a joke, but that's got to be PC nowadays, man. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, and Facebook has to play by the, the right rules because they've gotten in a lot of trouble not doing that before. So, so if anybody knows to take this stuff seriously, they do. Uh, so we have these restrictions and a lot of people um, basically mark that time as the time that Facebook ads stopped working for real estate investors because you no longer can target your target person. Um, here's the thing about what we do. The strategies that we use for targeting on Facebook, we used before that change and after that change. It didn't affect anything that we were doing. We did all kinds of hyper-targeting based on all these different factors on Facebook. The fact of the matter is the strategies that we use today, even back then worked better than the strategies that most people were using at that time. Um, and when that change happened, it didn't affect us one bit because we weren't doing that stuff. Um, and it might sound uh, a little bit crazy because I guess I'll just say it, our number one audience that we target on Facebook ads from a performance standpoint is a 100% broad audience restricted only by the boundaries of where you want to get leads. The, the caveat to that is we don't do targeting through targeting. We do targeting through optimization. So the way that Facebook works, Facebook's a very intelligent platform with some very advanced machine learning built into it. Um, the way that it would work, let's just say, you know, we, we equate marketing campaigns to phishing and you say that like you're doing a direct mail campaign and to the entire ocean. What would happen is you would make a cast somewhere, you know, drive the boat down 10 feet, make another cast, do that for the entire ocean. That's what a direct mail campaign, direct mail campaign to the ocean would be. Um, when you might choose to, you know, target the areas with reefs because you know that there's more fish there and whatnot, right? The, the difference is in this scenario, um, Facebook doesn't just cast and then go 10 feet and then cast again. Facebook kind of looks at the lay of the land. It uses data that you feed it to kind of determine where do we think these fish would kind of hang out. Um, if you're smart with your Facebook ads, you can kind of put the kind of bait out there that only the right kind of fish would actually bite and that would attract the right kind of fish. And Facebook starts to learn, hey, when I cast near a reef, I tend to get more bites than when I cast other places and it starts to double down. So what happens is you target the ocean, but you only fish the reef. And that's exactly how it works on Facebook ads. So, but to do that, you need to know how to put the right bait out there and you need to make sure that you're giving quality feedback on what actually is a fish to Facebook. That's where 90% of people get it wrong. So you're saying like on, on the actual targeting, um, you're just targeting anyone and everyone, but it's the copy and the imagery that you're using at Facebook's going out there and finding them for you. Yes, it's about the it's about the copy and the imagery. It's also about the ad experience after that point. Um, and it's about the feedback that you give through the Facebook pixel to Facebook, telling it that you had a good lead. 
Um, so to give you some examples of where people go wrong with this, um, one scenario would be just telling Facebook that you want to get a lot of people that you reach with your ads. You know, you're going to get, you're going to take a lot of casts in a place that nobody wants to take a cast in, in the middle of the ocean with a wrong bait that <laughs> no one's ever going to bite that. But Facebook, you're going to look in Facebook and you're like, wow, I reached 200,000 people. That's awesome. Right, right. But they'll give you what you ask for. You could do the same thing with link clicks. You will be amazed at how many clicks you get to your website and how few of them actually turn into any type of revenue for you. Um, you can even do it with leads. A lot of people are using lead forms in Facebook. And what happens is you have this form that when someone clicks on your ad, it just pops up, it auto-fills with their information. Yeah. They can click submit. It's extremely easy to do. So it's a low friction process and it degrades your lead quality and tends to get you the wrong kind of leads. Um, and then you're still giving a feedback signal back to Facebook that's not quality. The way that we like to do it is through a dedicated landing page on the website that qualifies the lead appropriately. And only when that happens do we actually give the feedback to Facebook that it was a lead. So then we're using quality information to do that. And then it's also about the ad. Like I see all kinds of people, because here's what marketers do. Marketers put out there in ads things that get the most leads. We're A-B testing things all the time, right? You know what happens if you do that in this in this uh, industry? You're going to end up with everything that's flashy and aggressive and tends to say things like, we'll pay more than other investors and stuff like that. And what you end up doing is attracting the wrong kind of seller because you're you're looking for a very specific kind of seller. That's not most uh, sellers. If you have a true up on those words. That makes, I want you, I want to repeat that really yeah. quick. So that was a big nugget for you guys. Um, he's saying like, if I'm, if I'm like, Hey, we'll buy it for less or we'll get you more money. Right. You're targeting the person that wants the highest and best, which isn't quite the best option for a real estate investor trying to find a rehab or a flip. Right. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Or even if you make it like all about the offer, for example, and then you complain when you get these leads that are calling you and saying, Hey, will you give me for your house, for my house? You're like, I don't want that. So well, what, just, what did you advertise for? You said awesome. <laughs> everything's about really like nice. an offer, you know? Let's just take another hypothetical. So let's say I'm, um, we'll just use my market. Okay, I'm in San Diego. Um, I want to target motivated seller leads. So I'm guessing the ad is somewhere I have a cash offer, something along that lines like that, right? I have instant offer uh, or we'll get to that mm -hmm. next, but whatever the ad is, but I'm going to target, um, I live in North County. So I'm going to target all the areas that I want to work in. And that's other than that, that's the only targeting I'm using. Mm -hmm. In reality, we use multiple forms of targeting. We're always testing at least three audiences at any given time. But the highest performer that we have on average across markets is that broad audience. And it really is. And they find them because I've heard that quite a bit. Um, I, I've heard that with a, a couple of the last few guests. They're like, dude, just let Facebook do its thing, bro. But mm -hmm. and people have said that, let them do its thing. How long does it take for them to do its thing? <laughs> it's astonishingly quick actually i'm, I'm surprised and, and this is a uh, the thing is you have to monitor its thing <laughs> that's the so so to give you a little bit of a picture of machine learning a lot of people would assume that if you run the same campaign twice that you're going to get the same result it's not true because yeah. the way that the machine learning based targeting works is you could say you're using the same algorithm but the thing is the first data points given to the algorithm determine which way it's going to go and from there it's a whole different story so just imagine, you know, your, your algorithms is trying to walk a straight line. The way that machine learning works, if it starts to veer left, it's going to spiral left. If it starts to veer right, it's going to spiral right. The fact that it turns left or right at the beginning is completely random. You started it out going straight. 
It could just be like the first people you reach just happen to be of a certain type. So what we see is like it can get in ruts. So it tends to be it tends to be pretty effective out of the gate, but you have to understand the issues that you can run into. Like we commonly run into issues where suddenly, despite the ads being incredibly clear, the landing page being incredibly clear, we start getting a bunch of buyer leads and renter leads and stuff like that. It happens. And we've had clients get to this point where you get like 80% of your leads are like buyers and renters. And you look at the ads, you're like, I have no idea why someone would think that <laughs> looking yeah. at this, but it's the algorithm found that kind of person that misunderstands it in that way. And it started getting that feedback and then it starts spiraling that direction. And what we do is we pick it up, we put it right back in the middle and we get it going straight again and hope for the best that time. Um, and stuff like that happens all the time. So you have to, you, you you have have to, to understand the problems. Your, would you have to switch up your ad copy in that? No. And you'd literally run the exact would, same ad because I've seen that on some of my ads. So guys, I'll, I'll target some of you guys and I'll be like, hey, I'm running this ad and I'll run the same ad, but I'll get two totally different results. Mm -hmm. You, you can like, do it because the algorithm learns differently each time. So that's where a lot of people would say like, I'm not 100% on the side of like, let Facebook completely do its thing always because if your feedback signal breaks, then suddenly your Facebook ad campaign is broken. Right. If, if it doesn't get what you're looking for, that's the problem you have with lead generation. If you're an e-commerce company, they don't have to deal with these issues because a purchase is a purchase. Who cares who that is? But not all leads are created equal. So yeah. you have to you have to be really careful about that. Um, but so it's about understanding those things and like what's just Facebook lead quality being what it is and what's, you know, an actual problem that shows that the algorithms and misunderstanding something. Um, and as long as you do that, letting Facebook do its thing is really powerful. You just have to understand that the feedback you're giving it isn't like closed deals. How often do you, so wait? How often you have careful. to monitor it? You give it a week to start? Um, you give it we like our standard process is we meet with our clients once a month. Um, and we kind of review all those things and determine if we need to change course. Um, there's other little things like, you know, tweaking how much money is going to each audience and the creative and stuff like that. That just happens like throughout the time period yeah. as a business owner, I think you need to be in it once a month. And from, from lead quality standpoint, it, it purely depends on your budget, but most of our clients don't have a large enough budget that they really even have a big enough sample size to measure lead quality on a weekly basis, or else you're just going to end up making lots of like really emotional, non-statistically significant, non-data-driven type decisions. Yep. Um, so usually a month like gives you enough data, <laughs> although we'll give our clients guidelines, like if more than X number of X number of leads is of this category, let us know. And you know we make an adjustment accordingly. Um, what are your opinion on lookalikes? Yay, nay? Are they good? Yeah. I've heard mixed yeah. reviews on the show. Some people said they used to be good. Now they're not good. Um, what is your opinion yeah. on that? They they have come down from their peak. Lookalikes were amazing before iOS fourteen. They're not quite as effective since then. Uh, they're still good. Uh, in this particular industry, you can't even use lookalikes technically. You have what's called a special ad audience, which is really the same thing. It just doesn't include, like, you know, you picture this model, this machine learning model has these thousands of different features that it uses as predictors. Um, and among those are just not age, gender, zip code, that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. So they just remove those. They don't predict based on those. But the those audiences have been, um, I can tell you, it's uh, in the industry in general on Facebook, um, they're good. If we're talking just real estate, um, they've been hit or miss for us. We have some clients that do well with it. On average, our broad audiences are performing better than our special ads audiences. Um, but sometimes they work really well. If you're going to do one, I think it's great to do one that's on a previous lead list. Those are by far our most effective. 
So you take like, for yeah. example, going to your CRM, every hot lead you ever had, upload that, make a special ads audience based on that. Those that tend sense. to be pretty effective. Um, other stuff, like sometimes people, sometimes people like to like copy and paste their strategies from other marketing channels like mail or cold call into digital and try to make like those lookalikes or those custom audiences based on their cold call lists and stuff like mm -hmm. that. Um, that has been for the most part, very unsuccessful for us. We've seen, uh, we've seen a break here or there with like a special ads audience based on that list. Custom audiences based on those lists have never in like 25 attempts ever produced anything. And that's so it's you have a custom bad. audiences. You're just saying no. Pretty much. Yeah. Facebook needs room to do its thing. When you give it, it a custom audience, you restrict that. Is that because of uh, the special ads category? I don't think so. Because um, even before then, we didn't have great success with it. It's, uh, it's really about audience size. The reason yeah. you'll hear a lot of companies that are like, maybe even your company, companies advertising nationally use that stuff a lot more because you could use a 1% lookalike and that's going to be 2 million people. And that's good. But if you constricted that to just a small market, then you're just dealing with really small audience sizes. And Facebook doesn't work well with small audience sizes. It likes them big. Makes sense. And you like to see what in the beginning of a campaign for a cold, what, million, two million? You want to see that high? I mean, that that's great. Not every market makes that possible. You know, we're doing lots of marketing for clients that are in population 500,000 markets where it's literally impossible to have a million um, or 2 million. So, so really like it, it, it's a factor of what you can do in your market. Um, we definitely like to go wide. Like our clients that go wider geographically, they get more leads for the money and their leads tend to be higher quality. Um, narrow can be okay. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, in general, I'd say like for your average, like wholesaler, I'd say if you have a buyer, if you have anywhere you have buyers, run your ads because you want to be as wide as you can. You don't want to get a property under contract and not be able to do anything with it, but you want to go as wide as you can. If you're a flipper, like anywhere that you know you can comfortably do your business well, sometimes we have flippers that will be more narrow than our wholesalers are in targeting, um, but, and, and maybe they pay like a 30% higher cost per deal because of it, but they have all the operational efficiencies that more than make up for that because cost per deal is not their biggest problem, you know? Yeah. Um, so you have to kind of consider it with your, with your business, but we do have clients doing Facebook ads successfully in markets as small as 200,000 population. Um, we love to see more than half a million. Interesting. Um, and then I imagine uh, when you're, you have retargeting ads, you're hitting as well on these people, how many retargeting ads are you going deep? And then, um, how important is that? So everybody understands. Yeah. Retargeting, I think is like far and away the best money you'll spend on Facebook ads. Uh, Facebook is the most robust retargeting platform that has ever been created. It's amazing. Um, and basically the, the concept, if someone's not familiar with that, um, is if someone visits your website, you can basically flag them and then reach them later. So think of retargeting like follow-up that you can do even if someone didn't fill out the form. Because all the time you'll have people coming in through pay-per-click and you pay $50 for this click to get someone to your website and then they don't fill out the form. Yeah. And then you can reach them for like a penny or two each time on Facebook to follow up with them. And it's, it's like no brain or money spent. Where people go wrong with retargeting is assuming that it's gonna change their business from a volume standpoint. It's a, it's a really realistically for companies in real estate, it's a low volume play. You don't get tons of website traffic. Our clients from retargeting get a handful of leads a month at max usually. It depends on your website traffic. 
Because that's yeah. the thing, you can't just scale retargeting. So you have to think of it like something that amplifies the rest of your marketing, not something where you see that you get a good return and you're going to 10X it because you have to 10X everything to 10X your retargeting. Um, Dude, but dollar is, for dollar, it's great. There are so many golden nuggets in this uh, show. If you guys are paying attention, um, there's just a ton. I'm taking notes as we go. Um, and we haven't gotten the PPC yet. So um, one more question, because I know this is going to ask me next. Video versus image on ad number one. When you say on ad number one, what do you mean? Yeah, on your cold audience ad or an all ads. Oh, got like it, video, got it. Like what, what are you seeing performing better? Because we, we get that question all the time. Um, I have my opinion, but I'd love to hear yours. Yeah, I have a, I apologize that this is going to be a more complex answer than you're probably looking for. Um, all good. The answer is both. And the reason is there's people on Facebook ads that are more likely to respond to certain ads than others. Where a lot of people go wrong with Facebook ads and when it comes to like A-B testing um, is misunderstanding the difference between predictive optimization versus an inferential form of testing, which is you know more of like the statistics that everybody knows and learns about. So with Facebook ads, the, the most powerful way to do this kind of stuff isn't just I run ad A and I run ad B and I observe which one works better. It's to actually, like when someone's going to be reached by an ad, predict for that individual person, which ad is more likely to influence them. And you will find that by having images and videos, you'll get better results than by having images alone or videos alone. That said, on average, videos are performing better for us. Um, I think they, uh, they act, we've tracked to videos an increase in lead quality and in lead quantity. Because um, there's something amazing, especially if you're like that, where we've seen like some brilliant results with this is if you can have like the person who's going to knock on someone's door later, be the same person who's in the video ad. Yeah. Because a couple of totally. things happen, like you build that consistency, you build that trust, that credibility, and you qualify. Like a lot of people forget that you like qualify as part of your ads. If someone is just going to be, because as, as tough as it is that this is the case, it is the case that when you see someone, you generate your own bias about that person immediately. Yep. If you reach someone with an ad that sees your acquisitions person and thinks poorly of them because of how they look or they don't naturally trust them or whatever the case is, they're not going to fill out the form. Yeah. So happens. you can naturally attract the kind of people that you're going to have success with. That's what happens in our business. Um, like the video doesn't create the lead, you guys. The video creates the humanization. Um, mm -hmm. and it gets people to like, see you're like a living, breathing human being. Everyone always comes to our company and say, Hey, we want to get videos. We want to generate leads. I go, if you start with the mindset, you're going to generate leads off of video. You already shot yourself in the foot. It's more like you need to generate attention with the videos that we're creating and use it as a way to get people not to think you're such a freaking blood sucking investor or real estate agents with a bunch of commission breath, spitting out fire out of your mouth. That's what the average yeah. consumer feels about us. Like, especially if you're in distress, if you're freaking in a bankruptcy, a divorce or something, and you just get this guy wants to buy your house. Like, let's be mm -hmm. honest. The very first impression I have is this motherfucker wants to take advantage of my misfortune. Yeah. Right? I think that's and, fair. And, right. And, it and if you, yeah. And when you get to know that person, you, you know, you start feeling less like that. Right. Like that's, that's how it is. Right? So yeah. the video helps that. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of value to, to video for sure. I think, uh, I think, a, but run both, I guess is the summary. I wouldn't just run video. And how many ads you have going? Yeah. Uh, this last question. Um, I think I got them all. Um, when you're running, obviously you have your, your wide ad. So like when he's saying you cast a net guys, he's got ad number one, it's probably going to like a couple million people or a large audience. 
And the people who engage or visit site, that's who he retargets with. So how many retargeting ads do you have a retargeting funnel, so to say? Or do you just hit mm -hmm. them with one ad? Is it just like a one-two punch? I think with retargeting, variety and creative is important. Um, because in retargeting, more so than any other place in the funnel, you're likely to get fatigue. Um, yeah. Because if you're doing retargeting right, your frequency, which is the average number of times that each person sees the ad, should be usually we're targeting something like three or four per month, right? So with that, if you show them the same ad over and over again, um, you kind of become a crazy advertiser, just assuming if you showed them that same ad for a 16th time, this time it's going to make a difference. Yeah. It's, it's probably not. So I think, uh, I think retargeting, having a good amount of variety is important. A lot of people will always think about it from the standpoint of like, I got to change out my retargeting ads every two weeks or something. I don't think of it that way. I think of it as like, I need to have like 10 ads in there you know, cycling through because it's more evergreen. So you uh, said one ad set, one ad set, 10 ads. Yeah. And then what, uh, what you do after that, like, I think videos are great in retargeting. I'd love to use testimonial videos because yeah. you have to think like if someone came to my website, but they didn't fill out the form, but they came there with intent to sell their house, what would be the reason that they didn't fill out the form? Uh, the only reason would be that they don't believe that we're credible. They don't believe that they can trust us. Uh, whatever the case is. So you just kind of have to like, you know, feel those things out. And, and I think, you know, videos targeted around those, those things like testimonial videos, review videos, that kind of stuff can be excellent. Even if like someone already filled out the form, right? Maybe that video could make your acquisitions appointment later do even better. That's part of the thing with retargeting. Like it's hard to measure all the impact that it has, but our average client spends less than 50 bucks a month on it. So it's like, it's a no brainer for what you get. Um, Makes sense. You know, you, you know that it's uh, that it's producing something good. It's just not a huge volume driver. Got it. Um, but I'm sure the quality though is there, and it's not about getting as many. Um, all right, dude, this was like great. I think, I think you freaking nailed Facebook. Let's go on to PPC. Uh, I know there's a yeah, lot to unpack with the PP with Facebook, but um, all right, let's switch gears, guys. So, like, basically, let me put this in real estate layman terms. Uh, Facebook people are like checking out to see what the hell you ate for breakfast. Um, but when we go to PPC, we're, we're switching the game. Like people are searching you out. Um, so um, one of the questions we get all the time is, like, hey, Mike, I'm going to SEO my website. And I'm always like, dude, do you even know what SEO means? There's a lot of work there. Like if you just SEO one blog post, doesn't mean you're going to become the top of the search rankings for the rest of the world, right? And become the number one agent. People are under that impression. SEO is a very long-term game. Mm -hmm. um, of what pops up natural when people are searching. But PPC is what pops up paid. So can you walk us through um, PPC? Um, yeah. Where you start? Yeah. So, so really PPC, it's called PPC, it stands for pay-per-click. Um, the reason is you basically pay Google to be at the top. When someone clicks, that's when they charge you. Um, so it's, uh, it's pretty simple in that sense. Um, so the targeting on PPC is keywords. What are, basically, what are people searching? Yep. Um, and then what you do is you write ads that are hopefully going to attract those people um, and you create landing pages that are likely to turn those people once they click into leads. And, and that's the whole game of PPC. Um, biggest mistakes that I see people making with PPC. It's easy to just like send PPC traffic to the homepage of your website or something. Um, and you get a horrible conversion rate with it. I see yeah. so many people just sending this traffic to their main page of their website. And the problem with that is there's distractions. PPC is a really high cost click and you want to contain it the best you can. Um, so we like to use single action landing pages where the only option is that someone fills out the form or they leave. And there's Makes not sense. really the, there's not really a 
second option. You're going to convert or you're going to be gone. Um, and you get a better conversion rate doing that. Um, you get more of those people to give you their information. And then the other thing about PPC where people go wrong is bidding irrationally happens all the time. And this, this happens in a whole bunch of different ways. Because when they say pay-per-click, it's not like Google tells you what it costs for that click. What happens is you bid what you're willing to pay for that click. Um, and you hopefully get clicks of that price. And there's a whole bunch of stuff that happens there because the price of anything is just determined based on the competition and what you're willing to pay. Um, those advertisers that are number one in PPC, they pay a lot more for each individual click than the guy who's at the bottom of the page that steals a click occasionally, doesn't get that much volume, but pays really low for that. So you have to understand that there's like that, that diminishing return and everything, but we have clients telling us like, I just want to be number one on it. Yeah, that is irrational, right? Because it has nothing to do with the value of those clicks. Sometimes the guy in number one's losing money. He might do the most deals, but he's got a crazy high cost per deal. Sometimes not. Sometimes that's a good place to be. It depends on where the prices are. I kind of think of pay-per-click almost like wholesaling houses. Um, I could go into a market and I could say, I want to wholesale. And I could uh, think, well, what do I want to do? I want to make lots of money by selling the houses for top dollar. Therefore, I want to find the most expensive houses in my market that I think will sell for the most. And I'm just going to pay really high for them. And that would be an absolutely horrible wholesale strategy. But that's exactly what people do with pay-per-click. They look at keywords and they think, what are those keywords that are the best keywords? And then I want to be at the top for those. And they drive to the top and bid price up. Realistically, what you should do in your wholesale is you don't look for houses that are high value. You look for houses that are undervalued. So it's not about what the price is, it's about what the price is compared to what it's worth. Where does the market believe? So what we do is we look, and for each individual click, we're looking at what is that click worth? What do we think that's actually gonna turn into in revenue? And we're bidding according to that. And sometimes the whole market is just way too high and you're gonna see a good keyword and you don't even show up because everybody else is just paying ridiculous prices for it, they're all losing money. And sometimes, Everybody else doesn't think it's that great, but our data shows that that's actually a really high quality click. Um, but the whole deal is trying to, like, it's, it's not about the best clicks. I don't mind paying $10 for clicks that are worth $100 rather than paying $50 for clicks that are worth $120. What do seller leads, not finding uh, that. what are seller leads selling for right now? Right now on... On pay-per-click, our average across the whole United States is about $260 across all the markets we're in. It's, uh, I can tell you San Diego would not be that. Yeah, San, <laughs> San Diego would be like 480. San Diego's gonna be yeah, like 480. Probably, probably yeah. honestly. Here's why I want to mention this is because like people always like, oh, I want to get in a lead gen game, lead gen game. Like you're gonna have to invest. Um, and when people are like, like especially in the real estate industry they don't realize 260 dollars for a lead well when you're buying an opt-in you're not buying a lead you're buying someone who's requested a cash offer um on their property so you're buying almost an appointment or a conversation and uh yeah like if you guys you guys plan on spending some dough like it's not going to be cheap but lead generation mm -hmm. never is has it there's a reason why zappos and and bed bath and beyond like put so much money into marketing their past customers is because that drives more sales and acquiring new ones. We talk about this every week on the show, you guys, there's branding and there's, there's marketing and there's advertising. They're not the same, but they sort of work together. What we're talking about today's advertising. We're going right at that lead generation. And yes, it works, but you got to have guys like this, or you got to have like the right, 
got to know the right ads, the right copy and all that stuff before you dive into it. I've seen so many people lose a lot of money pressing like a boost button, right? Um, just yes, going out and yes. hitting it. And it's just like, you, you don't want to do that. Like this Facebook from when I, I used to be really heavy into Facebook six years ago, and then I stopped it for about four years because I didn't have anything to really sell. I was building my business um, and I didn't have anything to build on. So uh, when I came back to it, it was night and day different, dude. Night and day different. <laughs> Oh, six um, years. So yeah. That's, that's about, uh, it's probably went through about yeah. 10 phases. Totally. <laughs> Ten completely reinventing itself. So like what worked yeah. back then doesn't work today and vice versa. And this stuff's always changing. You just have to know how to change with it. Um, PPC. And when you guys log onto the back end of like Google ad platform, um, you know, and everything you're saying here, I, I'll verify because I could tell you that my YouTube ads and my PPC ads, um, are more expensive, but they're way more quality. Like I'll spend double or triple the amount of money on those platforms but i get people that are like hey mike what's up like we get we'll get clients directly from it and uh, we do notice the intent based um on our end and we're not selling houses we're selling video services right so um anything else you want to add on ppc no really um is there yeah, any really just that creative like... copy magic and the simpler the better or like any like walk me through some headlines people yeah. try to get over create this stuff sometimes and sometimes just the simplest thing is like the best isn't it yeah i guess i can tell you kind of where people go wrong people assume that creative is better than clear and creative is never better than clear when you're searching for something on google you're scanning on the page for the thing that most closely matches what you're looking for yep you don't care if they have like a pun in their headline or something and that could actually probably confuse you and deter you because you're going to give about two seconds of effort to each one of the ads if that. Yep. So the, the key point there is it has to be stupid clear how relevant what you're saying is to what the person's searching for. Um, we use that, we do that a lot by putting like their exact phrasing in the ads. Cause even if you say the same thing with different words, it's harder for someone to make that connection. Um, and then you want to do the same on your landing page because, because you want people to feel like exactly what they find on your landing page is exactly what they searched. Other like little, little tricks. Um, we've, we've done a lot of taking someone's precise location on, on Google and displaying that to them in their ad. Um, cause let's just say you search in like, I, I live in Lehigh in Utah, right? We're a suburb sort of, of, of Salt Lake city. Most markets have a lot of that, right? You have Salt Lake city and you have all the other areas. Let's just say I search right here and I search for like how to sell a house fast. Um, and one of the ads says how to sell your house fast in Utah. The other one says how to sell a house fast in, in Salt Lake City. And then the next one says how to sell your house fast in Lehigh. Which one of those am I going to click? All things equal. Probably yeah. the one talking about Lehigh because uh, yeah. that's really relevant to where I live. So that's that's another trick that we've seen help, help improve it a lot from a copy standpoint is we will dynamically insert whatever town, even if it's a town of 200 people, whatever town someone's in, we will insert that into the headline of the ad when someone searches from that precise location. Have you guys done any um, YouTube ads? YouTube, yes, we have. Um, however, for motivated sellers, it hasn't been our best channel. Lead cost has been closer to PPC, lead quality closer to Facebook. So it has, uh, it has not been our most successful channel. Maybe we just haven't cracked the code. Uh, my hypothesis is I don't think a lot of the demo target demographic is spending a lot of time on YouTube and like, the targetability there is just isn't, isn't working as well as like Facebook, which sort of has a similar way of doing it. It just, yeah. uh, I think targeting is a little bit better. Um, and YouTube's a little bit tougher as a direct response platform, just because the call to actions aren't quite as obvious. 
Um, you've probably, like, you think through all the companies you know about being two pads, you probably have a lot of awareness, um, not quite as many that you've actually, like, clicked through the YouTube ad to do business yeah. with. Um, I think YouTube really shines as an awareness building platform, um, more so than like a direct response lead gen platform. Um, not that it doesn't work. It does work. It just, in our experience, has been more, more expensive. expensive. Yeah, I see. Yeah. I, I would uh, concur with that 100%. And I'm not spending uh, crazy amounts and I'm not like super duper marketer. Uh, digital wise, I'm just, I could, all those things you're saying are check out 100%. Um, Let's get into SEO really quick and, and uh, wrap it up. Um, mm -hmm. SEO, what the hell does it mean? Search engine optimization, guys. Um, there how you do go. you do it? How do you do it? You create a shitload of content and you have yeah. to keep creating content and then you have to know how to keyword the content. Then you need to know how to structure it. Um, you need to know how to blog. You need to, know how to add meta tags, images, link backs. Like there's a science to this. Can you uh, walk us through that? Yeah, SEO is an interesting thing. Um, and, and just to kind of like summarize what it means, you know, search engine optimization, Google exists for the purpose of providing the most relevant result to someone when they search. And there are tons and tons and tons of websites, at least 10,000, that talk about selling a house for cash or fast or we buy houses or whatever the case is. How do you convince Google that your website is more relevant for someone's search than one of those other websites? That's basically the artist search engine optimization. So you have to think about what does Google want? Google wants to put websites close to the top that are the ones that provide relevant responses. And then the ones that they think are, are actually like companies that they can trust. Because if people always have a bad experience with companies that they find on Google, they stop looking on Google for companies. So it's all about being relevant mm -hmm. and authoritative. Um, being relevant is the content game that you just talked about. It's it's about uh, like like for our clients doing SEO, we do lots of blogging. Um, blogging is really effective. And sometimes not even because people read the blogs, but because the blogs add strength to the other pages on the website and those ones rank. Um, that, that's a lot of what it is. Um, there's a lot of technical stuff. Like for example, if your website loads slow, Google's not going to rank it as easily as someone whose website loads quickly because that's a better experience. Um, it's, uh, it's about making sure that you're technically there. You give Google a sitemap, they know how to crawl your website. Um, it's, and then from an authority standpoint, it's kind of a popularity contest. Um, it's about getting backlinks. And backlinks are basically links from other websites to your website, and not just a lot of them, but really good mm -hmm. ones. Um, because a backlink, if, if I have a website that Google considers to be very authoritative, and I decide to link to your website, the assumption is I'm doing that because I see something of value on yeah. your website, and I'm the popular guy, that votes that this guy is worth looking at. And that tells Google that maybe it really is. Yeah. The so reason th why, that's all that stuff. Um, the reason why like, like Brandon wants to even probably appear on this podcast, he wants the link back from my site back to his site. It's the reason why I appear on other podcasts is I want the link backs from their sites back to ours so that you get that authority, but it is a long game um to play so it's it just telling you guys that for those of you seo 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 because i hear it all the time yeah I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna seo the fuck out of that page yo bro i'm just gonna go ahead and seo the fuck out of my site that doesn't mean anything yeah. like it's not it just doesn't work that yeah. way in realistic like i've been blogging for freaking eight years i actually had my real estate site up to ten thousand search hits a month organically back in the day and uh in chicago um and even real estate marketing do i had the ten thousand organic hits a month well, I haven't blogged in a year and a half because I haven't had time and my traffic uh, slowed down Bummons. quite a bit, right? 
plummets. Yeah. So um, there's a game there. You got to have consistency with it. And it's just, most people don't have the assets or the resources to do it right is my point. Um, unless you're going to pay a team to go out and do it for you. Like if you're not a writer, you're not a content creator, it's um, all that stuff. There's just a lot to consider when you're doing it. I don't think it's anywhere anyone would start. I think it's a game you play over long-term if you're going to commit to it uh, personally yeah. for this, for this uh, topics and purposes. No, I, I agree. It's, it's not usually our recommended starting place for a client unless like we would start out with an SEO strategy um, if we're working with a client that really has that long-term vision. And we have, we have a bunch of companies like we're doing SEO in I think 30 something markets right now. Uh, we, we do a lot of it because it does produce like the, the thing is SEO over the long term produces the best ROI of any of the oh, channels yeah. we talked 100%. about. So it's amazing. But, but what happens where people go wrong is they spend money on SEO for three months and then they look back at it and they're like, oh, the numbers don't lie. This doesn't give me a return on investment. And they give up. But they don't understand that the game of SEO is a really long term game and you have to be consistent with it. Yeah. Um, and you have to fund it well. So it's a, it's a channel where like, I, it's not cash flow friendly. But if you compare it to other long-term investments, I would invest my money in SEO before buying a rental property hands down. Because SEO compared to the rental properties can perform way, way better over the long-term. I don't invest 50 grand into the down payment on a rental property and then expect that I'm going to have a 300% return next month. But people do that. Sweat equity. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Sweat equity. Um, yeah, I agree with everything um, that you said there. Um, this has been awesome. Uh, we went a little bit over, but the content was so good. We just kept on going. So um, I want to respect your time, Brandon. We appreciate you coming up on the show, sharing all this insight, ton of nuggets on there. You guys go back and listen to this uh, one more time. If you guys want more about SEO uh, content, um, research the, the blog and the podcast episodes we've gotten Trevor, uh, Trevor Mock from Carrot, they have an amazing SEO website platform. He's really sharp and all that. We have a bunch of other individuals that you can reach out to if you want to learn more about SEO or call Brandon here because uh, these guys do all that stuff too. But dude, you are a freaking killer, amazing show. Why don't you go ahead and uh, tell our listeners how they can reach you if they need, uh, if they want to check you guys out further. Yeah, I appreciate it, Mike. Um, so, so the best place to check us out would be batemancollective.com slash R-E-L-P. Um, that's that's a page and the reason I give you that page specifically is you can go right on there you can schedule a call with with me or someone on my team um, to talk about uh, to talk about what this is for your market um, the really cool thing that, that we have that no one else has is the largest database that exists in this industry about what generates results for um, motivated seller lead gen and how that is different across different markets so we can give you a lot of insight into what might be the best strategy for you um, and also, I know there's some people listening here who have tried these channels before and you haven't had success. Um, our offer for that is basically a free audit. Like we can jump right into your Google ads account, right into your Facebook ads account, um, right into your, your website for, for SEO purposes and look at exactly what you did. Um, where people go wrong with this is they keep on just like throwing money at things and then throw money at something different and then throw money at something different and just hope it works. But they never understood why something didn't work in the first place. The first step to actually finding success if you haven't had it yet is figuring out where you went wrong. And we can help you figure that out. It's a, a free service that we provide um, or I'll, I personally will take a look at your campaigns. So that's, uh, yeah, that's something that we're willing to, to do. And I'd love to help you out with. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate you guys listening to another episode of the Real Estate Marketing Podcast. You guys know where to find us. Connect with us on social, Facebook, IG. Connect on our YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe.
and check out the rest of the content on our site. And if you're stuck trying to figure out what the hell you're going to do in 2022 and you want to build your personal brand, get your ass on video and call up a real estate marketing dude. We will script, edit, and distribute your video content and we make the process really fucking simple. Don't overthink this stuff on content creation. 80% of your business is going to come from the people you already know. Video is how you stay on top of them and nurture that audience. It's a very simple formula. So appreciate you guys. Have a great uh, rest of the day and we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Thank you for watching another episode of the Real Estate Marketing Dude Podcast. If you need help with video or finding out what your brand is, visit our website at www.realestatemarketingdude.com. We make branding and video content creation simple and do everything for you. So if you have any additional questions, visit the site, download the training, and then schedule time to speak with a dude and get you rolling in your local marketplace. Thanks for watching another episode of the podcast. We'll see you next time.